welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and with me as always are my beloved droogs, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Legui. Hi, pals. Hi. Hi. This week, we continue our odyssey back through the decades and focus on a time of big hair, tiny shorts, and funkadelic grooves. I'm talking, of course, about the 1970s. Now, of course, a spoiler alert is in full effect. You just might find out that if you're trying to catch a heckin' big shark, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Duh. That's true. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's just... That's just good advice. That's just advice for life. You're going to need it. Um, Okay, so gentlemen, the 70s, a time when all three of us were definitely alive. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about it. What are some of your favorite movies from this decade? Um, I I feel like uh, I I don't have to say this, but I should talk about it. And then we can sort of get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's obviously Star Wars, which right. maybe maybe one of the best movies of all time in terms of all the things that matter to movies, including money and popularity and revitalizing the film industry and all that kind of jazz. Um, but uh, if at any point you just like read about the cultural effects of Star Wars, it is staggering. Like it, mm. it has completely changed. Well, it did completely change the way we thought of movies, looked at movies, all the all the things, uh, which is still crazy to me. Plus, uh, I is just it the origin it so of the origin of the blockbuster? Mm. Uh, it could be. It could, I'm going to Google the first blockbuster, and I'm going to get something very different than what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is just kind of yeah, a hundred percent just shows me blockbuster video stories. Um, but uh, it is kind of crazy how like. It has become like so ingrained in all of movie culture and everything, and there just are so many things that it took from other movies and like revitalized and pushed forward on things that we think are just normal in movies now. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like the first like hero's journey, which mm. is now like just synonymous with storytelling in our day and age, basically. Yeah, totally. But um, you know. I, I just, I often struggle with the first Star Wars and why I like it so much. And I know that it's just made such an impression on me. There are other Star Wars stories that I like more than the original, but um, I could just rewatch it again and again. And I have no idea Are you idea talking why. about the original trilogy or just straight up the first The, movie? the first one. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the Empire was like in the 80s? Right. Something? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, so um, you know, and it, you know, it was just like a huge shift but uh, it's kind of, like, crazy, and there's so many, like, bits missing to the story. You just sort of, like, glob it together in your mind, I think. And at this point, I know way too much about it to for to be, to be objective at all. Yeah, you have <laughs> and been Jeremy, doing the work. <laughs> just, just to clarify, the, the Star Wars stories that you love better, the, the main one is the Wookiee holiday special, right? That's the one, yeah. yeah. It gets me, That's I just weep. The it's the epitome time. of artistic achievement. Oh my god! Oh my god! It just <laughs> speaking me. of the seventies, that's actually one of the most seventies things to exist on this earth. Probably, it yeah. honestly is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't talk about it without talking about Star Wars. So I'm glad you brought that up, Jared, because I was going mm-hmm. to if you didn't, but I, I was yeah, pretty I sure mean, you would. Yeah, it's it's it is like a very humongous like pin in the story of mm. Hollywood. And it's the reason, really, that we have the Avengers movies the way we do, mm. and the special effects that we do, and, like, it birthed a whole industry, and uh, it just was this huge shift from, like, I like I don't necessarily want to call all these other 70s movies realistic stories, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, like, definitely more, like, toned down and typically dark, mm. I would agree with. Um, and, you know, the, the, the other sort of flagpole here is The Godfather, mm. which is like the best version of that gritty, quote unquote, realistic story. Mm. Um, and uh, it's it's just such an interesting shift to me. I don't know. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Sean, what about you? Um, so when I was looking at films that have been made in the 70s, 
they're mm-hmm. like a, a lot of them are very famous like classic horror movies mm-hmm. like like the exorcist and carrie and mm. um and jaws you mentioned earlier um but a movie that i would like to talk about is from 1979 and it's called simply alien and mm. it's basically a little agatha christie um murder mystery of people being <laughs> One by one taken down on a ship. Um, and yeah, like special effects, great. Um, a very, um, not unlikely, but a, a different protagonist than we, than I feel like people had been used to. Um, Definitely. In uh, Ellen Ripley, um, who Jeremy's wife is named after, I presume. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, She's also like very fierce right mother. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a good film, and like, I'm sure the chest bursting scene is like on some list, some top ten uh, most shocking scenes in the film or something. Um, you know what I heard recently? Ripley was actually originally written as a male character. Uh, I think I think they just didn't specify. Yeah, they like, did. I think yeah, they, yeah, That's true. Actually, uh, and uh, I I like I like obviously. Sigourney Weaver is iconic. Mm. Like, it's, you know... Uh, but uh, I think more things should do that. Yeah. Just, l- like, really not consider any of the genders until... Like, unless... I don't even know what would make it really necessary. Mm. But, like, so often it's not really needed, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, like, if it if that's an important part of the character's story, like, you know, gender affects the way that we move through the world but i do mm-hmm. think it's really interesting that one of the like you know most well-rounded yeah <laughs> one of the one of the most like strong female characters quote unquote that people like to cite was actually written gender blind like yeah. that's interesting to me it's like oh you actually had to take gender out of it altogether to get one of the first like nuanced female characters yeah, yeah totally. um, so I thought that was interesting. I still, I still have never seen it, and I really need to. Oh man, it's really good. Um, also, I was reading a thing today that Veronica Cartwright, who plays a different character in it, um, she read for Ellen Ripley and thought like she was under the assumption that she was going to be playing that character until oh. she got to set, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh no, Ooh. you're a different person." And she's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's okay. unfortunate. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... hard to be prepared for your role when you don't know what you're playing but yeah. I like her Ooh. character a lot too yeah. even though it's not sure. as not as bad not as B.A. as Ellen Ripley <laughs> B.A. I love it um, one of my very favorite movies is also from 1979 uh, it's a little film called The Muppet Movie Oh, and it's yeah. uh, it's the first time the Muppets appeared on the big screen. It features one of the absolute best songs of all time, Rainbow Connection. True. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Like you can't tell me that Kermit singing on that log doesn't inspire you. you know? I thought Kermit was singing on on our earways just now. <laughs> I've been working on Kermit. He was. <laughs> but yeah, it just uh you guys like is there anything more wholesome and delightful than the Muppets really when it comes down to it there's really not and who knew just uh, like yeah. stapling some yarn to, and like googly eyes to something <laughs> and then, get, and then get Jim Henson to do a silly voice I love it yeah that's I like, just love it's all so you need. much and is you know Muppet, oh sorry go ahead it, is that the one where, where Kermit rides the bike uh because that is a mystifying that is uh, very mystifying I yeah, don't. Like, know, like, I don't know yeah. if that's that one. I think. I don't think it's this. Is one. a yeah a future, a, a future Ooh. sci-fi film where Kermit can ride a bike. <laughs> this but, is uh, this is where they're like going to Hollywood, and then yeah, they try and corrupt Kermit, and he refuses to leave his friends behind, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, that's but that's that's of course what Kermit would do. Um, but and, either way, and of course, all his friends came with him because the Muppets don't travel solo. No. They have a bus full of Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, they like you know, pound for pound, you need at least ten Muppets to even equal one person, so why mm. not just load them up? Unless you're one of those big ones. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the full size the, the, person the, the full face one. Yeah. The full the full mu- the full muppy. The full <laughs> I can't do it. 
Okay, well, mm-hmm. we can we can keep talking about our favorites, but also, alternatively, we could also talk about things we watched this week. So I will leave it up to you guys to tell me which of those you're answering, and tell mm-hmm. me about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Just uh, talk about a movie, yeah. Um. Well, the, I did not watch it this week, but it was a movie I watched a lot when I was a kid, which probably mm-hmm. I shouldn't have, but it's called Blazing Saddles. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. It is a Mel Brooks. Um, I, I watched it so many times because I was obsessed with Madeline Kahn and mm. her, her, uh, take on Lily von Stupp, the German burlesque, uh, the drowsy German burlesque, uh, singer. Um, she's so funny. Um, obviously this film, like it has the N word many times. Mm. It is, but it also, I don't know if the. I still think the the satire holds up of just like being, mm-hmm. you know, it's about dumb white people basically, and mm-hmm. dumb white people gonna white people, I guess. Um, yeah, but <laughs> it's yeah, it's great, and there's like, you know, a, a big fourth wall breaking ending that very confused <laughs> me when I was a kid, uh, just crashing sets all over. Um, yeah, I like it's a great film. I should do a rewatch. Yeah, I've uh, been meaning to revisit it as well. It it might be my it might be my favorite of the Mel Brooks of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. it's it's just so fun and so crazy. And like the other, I think the other part of it is that from when I was raised, like there was just a lot of things that were like taboos in it. And my mom was like, "Oh, it's fine. It's a Mel Brooks." Mm. <laughs> like you know, like uh, so. I think that was like part of the of the whole appeal initially, but, um, you know, as you watch it, like it's, it's just so clever and there's some, so many fun things going on. Totally. Um, I watched a movie that I've been meaning to watch forever and ever this week called Harold and Maude. Have you guys seen it? Oh, I've seen maybe the first half. I don't know why I didn't see the last half. (laughs) I know why I didn't see the last half. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay, so let's address the elephant in the room. So listen, y'all. This is a movie, spoiler alert, about a 20-year-old boy falling in love with an 80-year-old woman. Um, Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, and I didn't expect to be taken by that. I was like, all right, I'm going to keep an open mind here, see what this is about. I'm a bit skeptical, frankly. Um, But you know what, you guys? It's so... You believe in their relationship. I mean, it's... it's Their relationship is kind of complicated in that she almost just, like... She, basically, she's a manic pixie grandma. Dream grandma. <laughs> Dream grandma, yeah. There we um, go. Who's a Holocaust survivor. And, and this young, disaffected, depressed, repressed uh, young man, Harold... Um, who repeatedly stages, oh, I should say for viewers, um, there are repeated and graphic and very intense depictions of fictionalized suicides. He, like, stages these very elaborate, and it's never really explained how he does it, these very elaborate, uh, staged suicides to try and get the attention of his frigid, uh, rich mother, who doesn't care about him but cares about his image a lot. And basically, he meets Maude at a funeral because he they their hobby is both to go to funerals. Um, oh my gosh! And Ooh. and she sort of just like infuses him with life and with this idea that you know life is whatever you choose and you don't have to follow the rigid rules of society and um, you can sort of make your life whatever you want it to be. And you know, like it made me feel things. It made me think about stuff. Um, the soundtrack is by Cat Stevens, uh, well, now known as Yusuf, um, and it's so good and beautiful, and just like, you guys, I really liked this movie. Like, I feel like the odds were really stacked against it, and I ended <laughs> up loving it. Well, maybe not uh, loving it, but yeah, really well, liking enjoying it. Enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, Harold and Maude suffers from this, like, it's like a 60s, 70s thing, where I, I just... Like I really get bored. Mm, yeah, and th- there is this there is this thing like we talked about in the eighties where like 
you know, they sort of used every bit of mm. narrative material they had. Whereas in this, it, it does feel like it's like a gratuitous, like, slowness in a lot of things. Right. Um, it, it kind of, I don't know, I don't know if you guys ever saw um, uh, French Connection with mm-hmm. Gene Hackman. Which is like, like it's the it's the first movie with a car chase, for example, mm. and it's like you know this huge pillar of cinema and this whole big thing. I think that car chase is twenty minutes. <laughs> oh my <laughs> no. god! Like, like it's like, like it is long. And I just I remember not I didn't hate Harold and Maude. Mm. I just remember thinking like I don't want to I don't want to do this for another hour. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like that was just sort of my attitude towards it, but. Uh, I think that's like just a a hallmark of that kind of storytelling, maybe like that period of time. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know, like I look at my list and it's got movies I really, really like. And like some of them is just like, oh, this like had the like the sting is another one I watched this week. And it is, it's very good, but it is incredibly slow paced. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I think that's true. There are a few on my list too that it's like, Objectively, it's not a very well-made piece, but <laughs> but I like getting some eyes on it. Uh, but I, I I do think that is like a like we have you know twenty twenty sensibilities, mm. and we're you know we're used to fifty more years of people getting honed in their craft, right? So it's it's not like you know we're, we're saying it's garbage or anything, but it is just a a different way of doing it. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's a different way of storytelling where. I think I feel like there are more kind of like ellipses in in yeah. movies now where <laughs> audiences are comfortable with, you know, a, a hard cut and you can kind of infer mm-hmm. what happens in between and you don't need to see someone walking to their car for an extra two minutes. Yeah, you can, you can assume that they get from the car to the house. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to spot it. Yeah. Exactly. But I I will I will say that I do think that we have suffered in other ways with with regards to like movie phone calls where people are like, oh, let's go out, and then they just hang up and share no other details mm. than that. And it's just like, you maybe could have slid some more believable pieces into that so that <laughs> people knew the logistics of this meetup. <laughs> right. But, it's <laughs> like, how do you know where to go? When are you going? <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. What else? What else, boys? Um, uh, I want to talk uh, about a little, uh, a little movie that is, uh, like all things from the past, near and dear to my heart, and probably not an okay thing to watch anymore. Okay. Um, and that's, of course, 1979's The Jerk. Mm, uh, yeah. Uh, starring um, Steve Martin, written and starring by Steve Martin, and directed by Carl Reiner. Um, like, for every, for every problem in this movie, there is a gag that kind of just makes me enjoy it so much mm. that I just, like... <laughs> M- mellow out about it maybe yeah um i i i'm really i i am honestly torn because i rewatched this week and like a lot of the things are a lot more harsh than i kind of remembered mm. and uh you know like maybe that was fine maybe it's not i don't know i i do think it's a it's a very good case of like people should watch it to at least enter into this discussion of like what is or isn't okay and mm-hmm. what was or wasn't and why um and like it's still just really good and really fun and you know every time the new phone book comes i do the thing about the new phone book being here um what (laughs) is the jerk about the the jerk is about steve martin plays uh naven johnson who uh it's kind of akin to forrest gump honestly with like all these different sort of periods of this man's life okay um but the the big sort of question mark is that he is raised uh, with a black family, and at the beginning of the film, his mom, or his adopted mom, t- informs him that he is not actually uh, a black person, he is white. And like his reaction is like, so I'm going to stay this color? <laughs> and yeah. he can't dance, and it, like, it's, just, it's just like such an intense like dose of Steve Martin, mm. and the you know, the comedy of 1980 and all these different weird sort of things. But uh, he just sort of goes through life. Um, and it, it it is like Forrest Gump, where, like, good things happen to him, and he's so clueless that he doesn't notice things. You know, he enters into, like, 
an abusive relationship that he just thinks is fine. And, like, it, it's just, like, all these very strange things. He invents something and gets very rich, and people start dying. Like, it's, like, all this craziness. Um, it is, in the end, ultimately about family, which I think is pretty encouraging. <laughs> but, um, it is Strong it is family just, values. It's, well, it's true. Like, it's, you know, in the end, it's his family that returns to sort of pick him back up after he falls. Um, which is, you know, is, is not nothing. Mm. Uh, but, um, it is just this, like, absolutely crazy story that, like, is from a different world, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, a fictional world of 1979? It definitely feels like a different, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> of a different time, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it does, we are sort of getting into, like, the whole, you know, it's, a really great movie that's really fun with a very prominent set of people who have done an amazing amount of work in their life. And just a lot of the themes and ideas are so wrong now mm. that, you know, to, to mention it without talking about it is probably a bad move, but uh, I do love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What about you, Sean? Um, well, <laughs> We could talk about uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. But the film is like they, I had to watch it a lot because I did a shadow cast of it this year. And mm-hmm. they just like, there's so many scenes where it's like, you should have just shot this again. Like it seemed like they yeah. did it on the first take and like, like a shoe flies <laughs> off or like somebody falls over. And they just are like, no, keep going. <laughs> like, don't keep stop. It in. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so it there's a lot, a lot of like, it's important, uh, I think, at the time because it was like people were, you know, it messed with gender and mm-hmm. uh, just glamour, and it was so new and interesting. But I'm like, just a couple more dollars on this could have gone a long way. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have it, man. They did not have it. They did not. Just uh, a little more time. <laughs> I do think that's part of its charm, yeah. though. Right? Like, like they just allocated assets where it was most important, and that is Tim Curry. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it all went uh, in. They all slid some dollar bills into his bustier. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It is this, like, just crazy, fun... I don't know. Maybe crazy it insane is, idea of a movie yeah like you i do get the feeling that it is very like it is obviously a very hard scrabble just like 10 people all just like doing everything um <clears throat> and for that way i do really admire it but yeah there are just like some dance scenes where you like look and you're just like that guy is like not on the same like <laughs> beat as everyone else and they should have just <laughs> done this again but I or maybe nobody noticed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, but it I is wonder. also really fun for a shadow cast because then that person can uh, can play into that. Right. Well, and that's the thing is like you know you go see the movie and everybody does their little bits at at the specific times and like it just has become such a cult thing that like some of that messiness is almost like part of the fabric of it now. Which yeah. I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. really see the see the sweat on the whole thing, hundred <laughs> percent. Which I appreciate. I love, I love I love those scenes, you guys. I love them. <laughs> you know another movie that's kind of sweaty. Have you ever seen? Have you guys ever seen 1972's Cabaret, starring oh, Eliza yeah. Minnelli? I have, but I haven't seen it for a long time. <laughs> I I had never seen it, and I watched it this week. And um, Sonia, you didn't. I don't know. You, you got a lot of films under your belt this week. I know. Well, I'm not, know I'm not we doing have a lot. A, we did a short week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really squished them in. Um, yeah. Liza Minnelli's really good in it, is the thing. Like, she's very Liza-y. It's very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does this thing where she's, like, this <laughs> tender, wounded, but then, like, putting up this brash face, like... 
I don't know. You can she brings some Judy into it, is what I would say. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, you think she's borrowing from from Judy? Well, I mean, she's Mama. she's got Mama's jeans in there, and <laughs> and I feel like they come through in some of that like vulnerability. She's got Mama's bowler hat. Yeah, Mama's <laughs> bowler hat and that absolutely absurd little uh, little bob with the triangle in the front. Yeah, that is um, an absurd bob. <laughs> I mean, that movie. I, I don't know. It's what what to say about it in thirty seconds. Um, it's it's. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, I liked it. It had those, it had some of that seventies thing that we were talking about, where I'm like, okay, you could have cut that, you could have cut that. <laughs> this is dragging a little long, but um, overall, I mean, it's Candor like and Ebb. The, it's Bob Fosse. Sonya cut. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do it. Cut. Chop it up, son. Uh, and an I will be honest, a lot of bisexual action in this film, so yes. that's going to get some points yep. for me. Uh, now it is time to hear a word from our sponsors. So strap on your roller skates and bell your bottoms. We'll be right back with more spoiler alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to talking about the 70s in just a minute. But first, um, do you disco cats know what time it is? <laughs> I am very discombobulated. I do not know what time it is. <laughs> that, joke, uh, that joke really got me. Sorry. I got you guys. I, I tried to hold it together. Uh, it's game time, people. Oh. Well, 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 well. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally half a second this week choosing a title at random related to our topic, because there, again, is so many. Uh, I tell these two what the title is, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. You guys, are you ready to play the game? I think yes. so. Okay, this week's title is Halls of Anger. That title again, Halls of Anger. Mm. Halls of Anger. <laughs> Positive anger. Sean, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I believe, uh, okay, so I believe this is about a man who has created an invention, a sweet confection that also has some uh, eucalyptus properties and can help with your throat if you have a sore throat. Um, (laughs) But he can't really get it made because he also has a major anger problem. Um, and so every time he starts developing or it doesn't go properly he just tosses it all in the waste bin and so he has to first deal with his anger and then deal with the the halls that he is creating (laughs) Uh, wow okay thank you you. it's four hours Uh, long oh yeah exactly (laughs) Um, I think that halls of anger is a uh, ooh, a 70s future dystopia, um, mm-hmm. very stylized, uh, in which it's sort of like a, a 1984 thing where there's, you know, kind of rigorous government control and the human experience is being kind of flattened and controlled. And so anyone who displays outward anger gets sent to the halls of anger to oh. receive uh, sort of this like pacifying treatment and Whoa. the sort of populace thinks that it's like, you know, you just go and go through this program, but it's actually this sort of like terrible mind control situation. And so our hero, um, who is a person, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is sort of the one to figure this out, uh, gets sent there and then sort of blows up the whole system. And okay. it's four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As far as, is there a runtime on this actually? It's only 96 minutes long. But oh. you guys, uh, b- both of what you described may be better than uh, Halls of Anger. So um, I watched the trailer for it. Uh, it was pretty unsettling, but oh. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just get into it. I would also like to note that this was picked completely at random. Uh, so I have never seen this movie and probably will not watch it. Uh, I once again will read the entire plot off of Wikipedia. Oh, please. Um, Uh, A predominantly black high school is integrated by white students and trouble follows. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, The trailer for this is crazy. Uh, It like it is like a a very like high action version of this with a lot of people fighting. High action. High action. Like like 
it's it's I don't know how else to describe it. It just like seems like a like like a movie where the president's gonna launch a nuke, except it's just the principal fighting a teacher. Like, <laughs> like it's oh. just crazy. Uh, anyway, um, it looks kind of interesting. Uh, it's I think it was like an attempt to try and like highlight some of the social mm. issues that actually existed at the time. Uh, in doing so, I can only assume making them worse. Uh, <laughs> that's I. I'm gonna go ahead and assume the filmmakers are white, and I'm gonna say that's some classic white nonsense right there. Uh, I I can't I can't confirm it, Sonia, but the vibe I'm that's the vibe is, I'm getting. It's very much uh, a part of that. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people have said it's really good. It stars well, it doesn't star, but a young Jeff Bridges is featured. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, at least check out the trailer. But okay. uh, I'm I not will... gonna. I'm not gonna watch this movie. <laughs> I will. I'll get. I'll get onto that trailer. The 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 tagline at the top of the poster, and and I quote is, uh, "You should be. You've got three thousand black kids, sixty white kids, and a war going on." No. <laughs> like oh that's my God. not the rhetoric we need. The seventies. <laughs> it is not. It is not. The seventies. Uh, I will guys... say, always seems like. Not having been there, it feels like the most unhinged decade. Do you, do yeah. you know what I mean? Maybe. Like, yes. I feel like I, there's, like, serial killers everywhere, bombs going <laughs> off. Like, you mm-hmm. know, nobody nobody knew how to catch anybody. No. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. And, like, crazy. Uh, basically Nixon. all of these films have, like, like um, at least two rape scenes. Like, yes! <laughs> everyone, <laughs> the 70s had some crazy stuff going on. It's violent. It's true. It was it, it was, was just violent. like a constant yeah. Uh thank you guys for playing the game. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Jerry. <Jared. laughs> thank you. Uh, well, in keeping with the sort of chaotic theme of the seventies, mm. I'm gonna keep this I'm gonna keep this episode as an an anarchical is that a word? Ooh, Anarchic yeah. as it has been so far, and just say you know what, boys? You can tell me something that you think is the best from the 70s. You can tell me something you think is the worst. You can tell me something you watched this week. Go uh, for I'm, it. I'm going to go ahead and do none of those things. Yes! Uh, oh. and, and Well, I guess I guess I did watch it this week. So Fair enough. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna talk about what I think is the most 70s movie mm. that I can think of in my mind. Ooh, okay. And that is, of course, 1977's uh, John Travolta starring Saturday Night Fever, mm. uh, which really brings in this whole disco thing, which we haven't really talked. We should talk about disco more, maybe. I, I don't. I got to read. Honestly, more about it, but... I I'm a proponent of bringing back disco. Same. Oh, interesting. I think I it was largely vilified because of its popularity with the black community uh, mm. and the queer community, and I oh, will not be well, taking questions. Well, <laughs> well I, I I I will sit undecided and. Uh, in a few weeks, when we do the episode "Should Disco Be Brought Back," I will de- come to terms with my decision. But um, <laughs> uh, have you guys watched this movie? I, I did when I... I was. Oh, sorry. No, that's you okay. You go. <laughs> okay, thank <laughs> you. Um, I was going to, and there was just other things that I ended up watching sure. this week. I don't know why. I always have kind of resisted it. I think because my mom thinks it's fun, and so it's one of those <laughs> things fun? where like. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's one of those movies that she's like, "Oh, John Travolta," and so yeah, I'm like, "It's it's mom things." Oh God! Uh, From what I remember, I saw it when I was a kid, and I was like, also, I was the same as Dawn. I was like, John Travolta, because I love Grease, mm-hmm. um, which is also a '70s movie. So maybe we'll talk about that later. But yeah, oh yeah. Um, then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, he's a sad man. He <gasps> his he gets." The only time he feels like he's alive is when he's on this dance floor. Oh, God. Um, there's also uh, a rape scene. There is, yep. by our hero, there is, a, like, a, a sad person, like, accidentally kills themselves. I was like, this is not what I was signed up for. Oh. No. And it it is, like, I think it's the most 70s just because it is this, like, insane juxtaposition of, like, it, it's really, like, leveraging all of John Travolta's range because mm. like he is doing these dances which are like pretty good like it's crazy and he's out there in his white suit 
And then you have a scene where, like, he's fighting with his parents, and it's, like, really dark and weird and awkward. And then he goes to pick up paint, and it's this, like, sexual phenomenon of him walking down the street with the famous strut. Oh, yeah, the famous strut. It's just this crazy... Yeah, for like twenty five minutes, maybe. <laughs> like, like at any point, yeah, you they just do, go around a corner. They do film and him. The music starts uh, around the. They film him walking the entire street. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, it's just endless. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just the most. I don't even know if I like this movie. You guys, I have no idea. I don't I think I no do point. either. <laughs> it doesn't sound very likable. To be fair. But but it is just this, like, super prominent, like, I don't know, example of what came out of that time, mm. I think. Um, and, like, just so much struggle in between these very, like, flashy dance yeah, scenes. Yeah, like, I think that people came for these dance scenes and then they got, <laughs> they got saddled with the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um it does ha- I think it has a sequel as well. Mm. Is, is it is it staying alive? Is that what it's called or something? Uh and that one gets even worse. Uh Oh good. So we won't even worse. We won't talk about it. It's it, it's more intense in every single possibility in every single possible way. But wow. it did bring yeah. the Bee Gees to the forefront. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. it did. For the people. It definitely did. And I think we can each sort of consider for ourselves whether that was a positive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sean, you can't have that attitude if we're bringing back Disco Sonia. I know, you're right, you're right, you're right. (gasps) Um, We could talk about The Exorcist. We could. Which I did not not watch this week, but I watched for the first time when we did our... I watched for this show because I would never bring myself to watch it. Because I'm I'm a scaredy cat, as people know. Um, And I remember, like, also, you know when scary movies played and the the reports are like, people had a miscarriage in the audience, people had a heart attack, (laughs) like, everyone is, like, freaking out. Um, So I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for all that, but just inherently being the age that I am, I think I've just seen way scarier things. Mm. But, um... But yeah, it is like it was still freaky. Yeah, little little Regan is not to be messed with. I mean, when she goes down those stairs on uh, in that little formation of hers, her little formation. I didn't know what to call that. <laughs> okay, ladies, let's get into stair formations. <laughs> okay, demons, let's get into formation. And she does her uh, pea soup, her pea soup trick. Yeah. Blech. Mm. Uh, I, I remember being very nervous about watching The Exorcist when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we watched it, I was just like, that's it? Like, where's yeah. the, you know, where's the, and again, I think, you know, enough time had passed that scarier things had come out. And Sean, like you said, you kind of used to other scarier things, I guess. Um, but uh but there's also, like, the mythology of, like, the set being haunted, like, yeah. demons yes. being on the set as well. And I was like, it's a and very then, haunted film. Uh, wasn't, like, one of the, was it the exorcist? Or one of the extras was actually a murderer? Oh, I, I think know. somebody, like, I, yeah. I think somebody, like, died. Um, no, no, no. Like, uh, one of, but, I think it's the exorcist. One of the lab technicians was, like, an active killer they had not caught. Whoa. Oh, my God. And, uh. That's like they active just went to a hospital. <laughs> this right? is exactly like just... what we're saying about the seventies, honestly. Active killer on set. Oh my Act- god! Active killer. Yeah. Um, they and caught him eventually, but Ellen yeah, Burstyn uh, broke her coccyx. Coccyx. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and probably worth talking about the fact that this was like an extremely difficult and traumatic movie for Linda Blair, true, who plays Regan. Yeah. Like she really went through it to give us this you know, pinnacle of Hollywood achievement, so-called. Mm-hmm. But it is, I mean, I don't know. It is quite a good movie at the end of the it's day. It's good. It is very good. Um, I don't suggest yeah. getting, uh, you know, I don't su- suggest letting the demons in, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah like you It looks like a real hassle. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than bed bugs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's worse than bed, worse than bed bugs. <laughs> 
Also, mm. frankly, I don't really feel like talking to any Catholic priests right now or ever, but <laughs> so I don't, I don't need them getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> getting their little hands in there. <laughs> um, speaking of unsettling things, <laughs> I made a choice this week that I definitely stand behind uh, oh my to watch a movie called Wait, what's it called? <laughs> my, brain, <laughs> my brain just was like, no, don't think about it. Uh, um, a Clockwork it's Orange. It's round, yeah. Oh, yes. It's round and orange. It's round and, and orange. Uh, uh, in keeping with the theme, there are uh, two very graphic rape scenes in the first 10 minutes. And yeah. an old man gets violently beaten. Um, yep. But I stuck through that because I was like, all right, I got to see what this is about. And... I don't know, honestly, that I'm happy that I did. I mean, I guess it's good to have seen it, but in keeping with the theme also, parts of it are so violent and awful and unsettling, and then parts of it are so profoundly boring and too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's very, I will say, I, would, I thought it was quite effective at world building in terms of mm -hmm. its little dystopian world. Like, you know, instantly you kind of have to adapt to the, the lingo. They do that um, kind of sci-fi dystopian thing where the characters just start to use the language and you sort of just decide from context what it means. Um, oh, yeah. It's interesting to have sort of like seen the origination of the Kubrick stare. In its in one of its mm -hmm. most iconic forms, um, which is where you know a character is like completely unhinged, and they do that thing where they like tilt their head forward and then look up at you, sort of through their brows. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. This which is, this is, is probably the most famous, uh, yeah, version of it. I would say. Yeah. Um. I don't. Have you guys seen it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I, I do. I do. I do like it. Mm. Um. It is, you know, it, it is very unsettling. I think, uh, I can't remember exactly what you said, Sonia, but um, it it does just kind of show how Kubrick is able to make things, like, really make you feel uncomfortable mm. or really make you feel, like, scared at times, I think. Um, but I think there is this, like, vibe of, I don't even know what you want to call it. It's it's like a, what are the vibe? a thing... Yeah, it's a vibe. It's like a thing about science fiction or that kind of like futurism. Uh, we'll talk about 2001 next show, obviously. Mm. But um, there is this idea that like for it to be sci-fi, it kind of has to be boring. Yeah. And I think Kubrick really bought into that. Like, mm. I think he like, you know, like it's, you know, it's a character performance. This is the setting. And they're so bored with their world. This is what they're doing. Yeah. And um. I think it's really successful in that way. Like I, like I, mm. you know, and, um, yeah, I think it is just one of those things where it's like, so iconic. You've heard about it so much. It's been referred to so many times. And then when you finally get around to watching it, like all the references sort of like have beaten it down so much. Yeah. You're just like, Oh, this is, this is it. Like that was the whole thing. Yeah. And that's like, and, I, yeah. In first year, like, university, I remember dudes having, like, that poster or, like, yeah. dressing up mm -hmm. as, like, that guy for, like, Halloween. And I'm, and then, like, I'm sure we're just, like, did, had not seen it. <laughs> we're just, like, this no. is just, I just know the, the touchstones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's interesting because some of it, I feel like, is very relevant in some ways. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, the idea that that we can and are willing to sort of like alter in this very tyrannical way the the neurochemistry of people who've been incarcerated in order to make mm -hmm. them, you know, more placid. Like sort of some of these ideas of like neutralizing, quote unquote, the like antisocial threat instead mm -hmm. of like addressing the issues within a society that that mm -hmm. lead to that. And sort of that idea of like, you know, People are comfortable, but they're numb, and that numbness makes them violent. Like I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's late stage capitalism right yeah. there. Um, so some of that was really interesting visually. Obviously, it's very interesting um, and at times horrifying. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm still thinking about it. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, I do think visually as well, it's really it's a really hard one to sort of differentiate this idea of future. Yeah. Especially watching it after. Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually, like, we all have this idea of, like, what people thought in the 70s the future looked like. Yeah. You know, like, Lost in Space and all these things. And this one kind of, like, was so subtle that it's almost confusing, which is a really interesting sort of element of it, I think. Mm. But, uh, you know, I don't know how much... We don't talk about set deck enough. Yeah, in, in I show. agree, actually. <laughs> so it, has, it, has, it has really good set deck. Yeah. And costuming, too. Like, yeah, there are just some little things. Although sometimes it is kind of glaring. Like, every once in a while, someone will just have a very brightly colored wig. <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> that feels like a slight cop-out, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Weird. Wig technology's come far. Yes, it certainly has. I mean, look at cats. Oh my goodness, the fur technology. Let's not even talk about set deck. Um. Okay. Are there other important seventies things we need to touch on? There was a film called Deliverance that I've never seen, but I was Mm. like, I was like this week. I was like, should I be watching? Should I watch Deliverance? Because you know, I know the the dueling banjos reference. Right. Um, I kind of I do know what happens again. Graphic rape. Um. Mm. But I was like, let me see, maybe what's going on. But I did not bring myself to watch it yet, and might uh, not. It's, yeah, yeah. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> if Jeremy, disturbed. if that's how Jeremy feels, Jeremy I can struck, only imagine how I would feel. Dumb. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrifying. Uh, like, that's, uh. Is but, it basically uh, about, about, like, mountain people? Uh, yeah. So Has is it, like, deeply much. classist? Is there uh, any been really, blowback they, from the mountain people? They don't really get that far. Mm. <laughs> they don't, uh, they don't really get to the social, uh, just because it's, it, like, it's very violent. Mm. Um, that's sort of the, the main thing of the whole thing. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 so strange just because it is this like really I don't know, awful horrendous thing that people just sort of like are cool with, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's it's just men fighting for their lives to oh, try God. and get away from other men. That's all it is. And it takes it to like the worst degree it could possibly be. And again, like scenes that feel like they are thirty minutes long, <laughs> like like it's just so so hard to sit through. Uh, but yeah, I'm just looking at the page. One of them is literally called Mountain Man. Oh, like good. that is his name. That's, the character's that's his name. name. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh. anyway, yeah. No, that's uh, that uh, deliverance. Like we'll take it out of you for a few days for sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's there's nothing uh, exhausting or or tragic going on in the world, so probably mm-hmm. I have a space for that. Yeah, escape to the 1970s. So <laughs> a beautiful era. Um, I feel that we would be remiss if we didn't at least glancingly mention the uh, filmography of the Monty Pythons. True. You'll notice I said yes. it right, Chung. Let's like, uh, let's bring it up here. Let's do it. You know, uh, now for something completely different. The Holy mm-hmm. Grail, Life of mm-hmm. Brian, all came out in the seventies. Um, just, I don't know. So so hardwired into my own brain that <laughs> it feels important. Um, I honestly wonder if you had never seen any Monty Python and you went and watched now for something completely different in the year twenty twenty one. How would a person feel? I'm very curious. I don't know. I have a I have a child who we can test this on in a few years. <laughs> Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, if we can just if we can all just hold on, we'll pick this back up in like I don't know. How old was I when I saw it? Ten, maybe. Mm. So uh, let's <laughs> let's just wait and see. Uh, I do think about that. I think I it do does think still it hold is... because I have yeah. I haven't seen a ton of or like I hadn't seen mm. very many of them until adulthood, and I was like, this is still right. very funny. And just as wackadoo as I, as I assume it was uh, at its inception. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a timeless absurdity to yeah. a lot of it. Like it's so decontextual, especially now for something completely different. That like, it just it it doesn't matter when it is. Mm-hmm. That's no, that is that's totally true. 
and I think, you know, like, Holy Grail, um, it, you know, it is this, like, a parody on, like, a very established story that might be the best version of that story. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, like, to refer to it as, like, a good way to learn history seems nuts to me. <laughs> but, I mean, looking at it through that lens might be the best way to sort of make contact with it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good starting point. Get the kids get the kids interested. <laughs> the kids are or, so know, interested. The yeah. adults for that matter who don't understand what's going on, you know, that wouldn't that would be a good <laughs> entry for Did them. Did they really use coconuts instead of horses? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. <sighs> okay. Last in the last minute, anything else that anyone needs to mention or forever hold your peace? I'm not here. Uh, I, I, I really like Close Encounters. Thank mm. you. <laughs> oh, and I, I have not seen Close Encounters. Same. Oh, it's good. It's it's good. It's really good. There are just, you guys, there are a lot of movies out there to There's watch. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's the too many. It's overwhelming. Were, we're in abundance of things we probably should have watched. Yeah, a hundred percent. This honestly, this series where we just sort of glancingly skim through the decades, it's helping me get through the list. But also, like the list is so long. It, it makes the list get bigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And with that, that's all the time we have for this week. So I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our sweet, groovy listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week. Bye. Bye. See ya.